Welcome back to another episode of Mustard MMA and what is now becoming your fortnightly recap on all the biggest events in the world of MMA. I think we are actually a little bit late this time around, Matthew. He's been off gallivanting as well uh, as he's prone to these days. Been down in Cornwall, place close to my heart. Yeah, been down there. I've been all over the gaff, Joseph. I was in the Western Isles a couple of weeks back and now I was at the foot of the country down yeah. in Cornwall. So yeah, getting about. It rained pretty much... It was it was just grey. It was just grey a couple of days, but we had a few nice days down there, Joseph. But it was absolutely ramming down in Cornwall at a minute. Um, oh, went down there during the summer holidays, bit of a faux pas on my part, but I had a lovely time, very refreshed. <laughs> Back at work today as well, and I thought I'd be a lot more depressed about that. But it was okay. You on the other hand, you're off, aren't you? I'm off. Yeah, using up my using up my days, so I got a week off. Like I said, I did have a little look at the green list. Where can I go? Malta. Could have could have jetted off to Malta for a few days, but in the end, I thought I don't know what's the point. You get out there, swerving it, staying in Essex. Yeah, well, it might be. You go out there. There's one pub open, and it, it shuts at seven o'clock every night. So, <laughs> but I'd just be sitting in in my room reading a book in Malta, like just paying for the privilege. That'd be all right. That'd be all right. A little bit of uh, <laughs> bit of a chill out there, Joseph. But obviously, you're you're off work this week, so I'm going to ask you some. Very searching MMA questions to keep your brain ticking over, keep you on on full alert. Should we crack into it? Yes, like we say, we are breaking it up into fortnightly slots at the moment, which I think gives us uh, a chance to look at take take a look at things from a different angle. Might as well, seeing as at the weekend we've just had uh, Cyril Garn become the new interim heavyweight heavyweight champion in the UFC, so we might as well start there. I mean, uh, fight was it third round TKO against Derek Lewis? sort of you know looked like it would almost uh, I think that the punch stats were like 100 to 4 or, or something or 8 or something like that weren't they so you know fair play to Cyril Garn kind of looked like he almost uh, kind of beat the beat the wind out of Derek Lewis and then it, those kind of they, the shots accumulated there wasn't anything kind of spectacular if, or like you know sort of uh, that you can take a photo of and that was the moment when a la sort of Francis Ngannou against Overeem. There's always that photo where Overeem's chin is sort of pointing upwards. Yeah. Uh, so it weren't one of those from Cyril Garn, but nevertheless, he, he is out of nowhere somehow. I'm not quite sure. He's the interim heavyweight champion in the UFC. So fair play to him. Obviously, Francis is there. Dana's having a bit of a go at Francis, saying like, oh, you want to go swadding off around the world and doing all this? Then, you know, let me know when you want to fight. It's like, Jesus, Dana, let the man let the man have a month or two off to celebrate. I think that's uh, fair enough. But uh, so, that all leaves us with the heavyweight division. We've got two champs at the moment. And you've also got the greatest ever, ever USC heavyweight champion. Or the greatest ever potentially heavyweight mixed martial artist waiting on the sidelines. Steve Miocic looking for a way in as well. So, I mean, what does this all say to you? Is this, uh, well, I mean, dare they, dare they keep Francis out of it and let contenders come at Garnet for the interim title? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's got to be Francis next, isn't it? That's the main one. They're both Frenchmen. If they can somehow get this going on down in Paris, this would be an absolute cracking fight. And I was very impressed by Garnet. I mean, he's been doing it for three years, Joe, MMA. Did you know that? (laughs) Three uh, years. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It is mental. And um, he went in there 9-0. He's only had, this is his 10th professional MMA fight, and he looked like he'd been doing it for years. I was watching the embeddeds in the build-up. He looked as calm as a cucumber all week. Derek Lewis, on the other hand, looked like a nervous wreck. He was so much weight on his shoulders from that Houston crowd, the hometown title shot, probably his last shot. 
and he just didn't show up on the night. Sorry, not to ask, miss your question about where the heavyweight division is going. I just wanted to sort of scale it back a bit to yeah, the actual on. fight itself. And I mean, he just didn't show up at all. I think Derek Lewis gets a little bit of a bit of a pass because he's such a engaging character and he's just so funny and he's good for the sport. And I think heavyweights themselves should get a little bit of leeway for not for being a bit tentative and stuff like that. But Derek Lewis just didn't show up at all. You alluded to it yourself, the numbers. He, he barely threw a bean at him. And it just, it was a completely resounding and utterly deserved victory for Cyril Garney. He just looked the better man, more composed, more versatile. And I think he looks a serious threat to your man, Frank. And I think that he's just more well-versed. They're former training partners, so God knows how that used to go when they were sparring back in the day. I think Garn probably, as well as Ngannou actually, has become a long way since then. That is the fight to make, but you... Like we said a couple of days ago, there's elephants in the room. There's a couple of them. You've got Jonesy as well. You, you mentioned Miocic. He's, yeah. he's waiting. He's calling out 1FC and stuff like that. He's saying, let me come over there. Things of that nature. He's not happy. And I, th- I think it looks like it's probably going to be Garn and Francis and Jones and Miocic and winners fight each other. So it has played out quite well, even though it's gone a bit round the, round, round the block to get there. And um, I don't know why I think why they're risking that huge Jones and Francis match, which, which would have made millions by uh, giving him Garn before that, because there's a big opportunity here for Garn that, that Francis isn't going to get out of that one with the W. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. There's still something for me, as, as, as impressed as I am with Cyril, and uh, as technical as he is, like we, we, went, we mentioned on the last show, he might be one of the most technical heavyweights that, that we've ever had, really. I'm still, you know, like you say, 10 fights, only been doing it three years. Francis himself hasn't hasn't been doing it for too long, but I'm still yet to be convinced that he can go on and beat the likes of of Francis, and especially someone like John Jones and even a Stipe Miocic. I think you, you mentioned that he hasn't been doing MMA for that long, and if you look at his fights in the UFC, he hasn't really been doing too much MMA in those either. That may be a, maybe a little bit harsh, but at least at these not not at these top echelons, he, they've been. Stand-up fights, should we say, for the most part. You know, the threat's always there and you've got to deal with it to, to some degree. So I think, you know, that that probably doesn't come into it against Francis. So, the, the you know, I think Francis, the, the the momentum that he's on at the moment, we've seen him put in a couple of disappointing performances, one against Derek Lewis being, being the main one. I don't think Francis is really in that place at the moment. And, you know... I, I, I thought, you know, I thought, I thought Stipe would probably get the win, and, and Francis proved me wrong in a lot of ways, and that I was super impressed with that. So, you know, I've got to give Francis a lot of credit if I look at the matchup against Garn, because, you know, Francis looked good. He looked like he could strike in that one. He's not as technical as Garn, but I bet you he hits a lot harder, and uh, he can probably take a dig off Cyril Garn. Like we say, we haven't really seen Cyril Garn spark anyone, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested. Personally, I'd I'd be more looking forward to getting John Jones in the mix now. I would. I, I think maybe now is, is probably the, the right time to be bringing him in. You know, maybe Sil Gunn goes on and beats Francis, then beats John, like beats them all. And fair enough. But yeah, I would probably say at the moment, I'm, I, I'd be more interested in a John Jones against Stipe, right? Perhaps because I'm a massive Stipe fan and. I'd love to see Stipe to be the man to beat John Jones in a lot of ways. That'd be good. But yeah, I guess I guess overall, there's a lot there's a lot going on there, and that's that's always a good thing. Is is that not just a danger though? Just giving John Jones 
as much as I love to see that fight, that's a fantastic fight. And it looks like it's going to get made next year, it seems. But that's a danger, isn't it? Giving him your warm-up fight as Stipe Miocic, a heavyweight. I mean, it's a very, very dangerous prospect. Has he, is he hiding from Francis? Is he not wanting that fight? Why, why is he sort of leaning towards having a year off and fighting Stipe instead? What, what's your thinking there is both from the promoter and John Jones? I mean, it's a bit weird, isn't it? You'd think he'd want to get straight in there. Does, is it because Stipe's a lighter heavyweight? He wants to ease his way in and not fight an absolute tank in Francis straight away? I mean, it's... I, I was all befuddled by it all, Joe, about six months ago, three months when we didn't know really what was happening. But now I'm just super interested in this. There's a lot of moving parts and all of a sudden you've got four major contenders in there when before you'd hardly have any. So happy days down there. Yeah, no, definitely. And maybe just to your question there from a UFC side, maybe they look and say, do we want someone coming up and winning the belt at their first go? Um, from the weight division down below, what does that say about your your heavyweight division? Uh, and perhaps maybe just a little bit with John Jones being a little bit of a not a troublemaker, but he wants to get paid what he's worth and all that kind of stuff. Do they want to go down that path, like putting up with all that grief, and you get a go at the title straight away, and you could kind of throw the whole whole thing into into oblivion? So yeah, maybe something like that. But yeah, definitely, like you say, it really is starting to clear out now. Uh, Derek Lewis, unfortunate, unfortunate. I, I was, I was thinking there was, was maybe a scenario there if Derek Lewis gets a win, he might get a John Jones fight as a as a potential warm up fight. Probably a lot easier for John than going up against Stipe because if Derek Lewis came out and and turned up like he did uh, the weekend just gone, John Jones probably does him, you know, even quicker than uh, Cyril. I would have thought. So no, it's good. It is good though. It's um, as as long as we can keep, you know, hopefully we can keep Stipe in there. I don't really want to see him going over to, to one or anywhere else. I think he's just been, yeah, he's just been chatting breeze on, on Instagram. <laughs> he was just a bit peeved, I think, that DC obviously got a, a rematch straight away and stuff like that, and he's wondering, well, how come this has happened with me with Francis? So I think he's a little bit annoyed, and then they go and create an interim belt with neither mm. of them. So yeah, it's a bit yeah. weird. So you can see why he's pissed off, but I think the big... <laughs> Name-wise, like you say, you mentioned it there, Jeff. He's the man to properly actually beat John Jones. I mean, that's a that's a belt in itself, isn't it? So maybe he's hanging on to that, and that's a pay-per-view headliner right there. So, yeah, very interesting stuff up at 265 there, Joseph. Down at 135, though, in the co-main event of the weekend, Jose Aldo rolled back the years against Pedro Munoz. Uh, pretty dominant, but if not lopsided but dominant win over Pedro Munoz Jose Aldo man he means business yeah he certainly does and that's two wins on the bounce now and, it, and like you, you, there was a stage there where you thought he was going away Jose Aldo he's talking he wants to go and play football didn't he he wanted to go and play, quit MMA and go play football <laughs> I think at one point and uh, you, didn't, you didn't really know what was going on and in the end he's he's come back and yeah two two in a row now and you've got to say, you've got to say, you, you couldn't bet against him going on and, and getting a title shot. Obviously, there's a few names in there. He, I think Jose's ranked uh, fifth at the moment. Rob Font's above him in four. I mean, Aldo might move up, possibly. I'm not sure. But uh, Sandhagen three and Dillashaw, who we haven't even mentioned yet, moved his way up into number two. So I think the whole division here is interesting. Obviously, we've also had the announcement. Petter Yan. Aljamain Sterling, the rematch is at UFC 267, October 30th. And that's on Fight Island as well, I think, which uh, Aljamain wasn't too happy with, I don't think. But back to Jose Aldo. You know, I mean, is a T- it's a TJ Dillashaw fight. 
just destined to be made there. You sort of two two veterans, two kind of comebacks, two different kinds of comebacks. I think that'd be a good one. Obviously, Sandagen's kind of got a step aside for the moment. Rob Font, you know, I think he's deserving of the Aldo fight, but potentially you got you got quite a, an interesting one for lots of reasons in Aldo Dillashaw for like a legit title shot which 18 months ago would have seemed uh, a bit strange yeah I, I feel a little bit sorry for Rob Front there yeah. he's just getting overlooked isn't he? he's getting massively overlooked I must admit myself I was like there's... I was counting them it was one, two, three, four, and 5 there's 4 above Jose here and I named 3 of them I couldn't think of the other one <laughs> and I had to look it up I was like Rob Front yeah Course, and he's been absolutely superb of late, isn't he? And he deserves that. That is the fight to make, like you say. They're five on four in the rankings. Rob Font's coming off a huge win. Jose Aldo's coming off a huge win. Let them fight, and when you put into account all the other things going on at bantamweight, it makes total sense. That being said, TJ Dillashaw, Jose Aldo is probably the biggest fight you can make in the division, name-wise. You've got two legends there, whether you like TJ or not. He's a former champion, two-time champion. It's just a question of whether or not TJ. Daddy's home, Dillashaw, wants to <laughs> wants to drop his title shot because it's probably in the palm of his hand at the minute. He's, no doubt he wants the winner of that Yan and Sterling fight from Fight Island. But um, I, I I can see him thinking, do you know what? Jose Aldo, I reckon I got his number. Mm. He might be a bit past it. Get another big name on my uh, resume. And then I'm nailed on for a title shot. So it all depends on what TJ wants, I think. But they throw enough money at it. I think that's a massive fight. That's a huge fight for both men. I'd love to see that one. That's just a dream mm. matchup, isn't it? It's one you'd never thought would actually happen. And I think, uh, yes, Jan did sort of what, uh, grind him down a little bit in their title fight. But Jose looked back to his best, man. He looks like his WEC days. He racked up more strikes in a three-round fight than he has done in any five-round fight at the weekend. So he's... Just looks, looks ferocious, man. Looks so quick down there, but he's strong as well, and I think he'll be a very, very tough test for TJ. That that is the fight, isn't it? Yes, sorry, Rob Font. That's a, that, I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know you're gonna fight, mate. But <laughs> it's, it's got to be. T- these fights don't come around very often, and, and in a couple of years, if we don't get it made, I think we might be thinking, what if? So get this fight made, TJ and uh, Jose. Let Yan and Sterling fight out, and then winners fight each other yeah so let, let's 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 play with that a little bit then you're gonna have Dillashaw Aldo what are we now this we're in August at the moment so let's say that happens after Jan Sterling which is end of October what do you think the next fight is are you going I reckon you would go for Jan and I reckon so I reckon you might favour Aldo, a little a little cheeky Aldo bet in that fight, but then of course you'd have Jan Aldo too. Yeah, I think that's the hardest sell, isn't it? Yeah. That's the hardest sell for the, the UFC to do, so then they'll probably have to sort of I don't know, you could sell it. He's he's beat a returning champion stuff, but I think for, I think you're right. I think Jan and Aldo both win their respective matchups there. I think that's a little bit of bias there because we're not big fans of TJ really, are we? And we're big fans of Aldo, so and I think we know that Yam is going to beat Sterling in the last one. It was the tide yeah. was turning, and he's and he's probably ten times more pissed off. So <laughs> yeah. I think that's a given, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Aldo. I think Aldo will beat him in the second fight, and all. Yeah, he's back. He's back. <laughs> King of Rio is back. 
Well, I mean, it does look better. The, the the leg kicks are back, which is like a big sign. Because around that time that he was fighting, yeah, and he'd kind of lost a little bit of that that element to him. It's, it's his body shots as well. He's just frying them all the time, and they just look devastating. Yan's an animal, but yeah, I, I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. I don't think it's my heart rolling my head there, but that is another fantastic fight they can make. Oh. Bantamweight, it's just ridiculous in a minute. Nothing even Cruz on the sidelines. He was salivating it all, and. Uh, he somehow thinks he's still got a shot. Yeah. And he might do. But there's just so many great matchups in there, man. So many great matchups. So who are you going with there, Joseph? Yeah, I would slightly disagree. And I'd pick Dillashaw. I would pick Dillashaw to win against Aldo. Probably, you're right. I just, think. Yeah. yeah, just to think, um, you know, Dillashaw's got a lot to prove, I think. I like a, a lot to fight for and... You know, I probably would have fancied, you know, two years ago when Dillashaw was still here, or however long ago it was, I probably would have fancied Dillashaw to get a win there. Well, at least if they were in the same division at the time, maybe. So I'd fancy Dillashaw, yeah. And I think either way, I mean, what a turnout it would be if Aldo does go on to win the belt again. That that would be fantastic. I guess maybe a, a last note on this, Corey Sandhagen. Has he, has he still got a chance? What was that? Was that just... Um, just uh, the, the way the, the scorecards went in a lot of ways in, in that one. Any other night S goes the other way. It's, it yeah. was so tight. It wasn't a, no robbery there at all. It was literally flip a coin. And uh, I think he sort of, he beat himself a little bit, didn't he, by just continually frying mad stuff, mad <laughs> shit, which he didn't need to. And it was so frustrating to watch because he was just, he was bossing it at times. I thought we, going back to the fights a couple of weeks ago now, but my memory serves me, it was, did a short landing a bit more, but way more damage when Sandhagen was landing and just the more meaningful shots. And he just kept going in and it was just rinse and repeat, wasn't it? Spinning, go to your back and yeah, potentially yeah, yeah. lose a round because of that minutes control and whatever. And yeah, uh, annoying, but he's definitely going to be back. He'll learn from that. He's he's definitely a, a superb talent. So we got uh, a bit of a choice to... Well, I guess if we continue with the theme of this card that we just had at the weekend, there were some big shakers and movers. It takes us into the welterweight division, which is another one which is getting quite spicy at the moment. So Vicente Luque is the first one we're going to start with. He's probably going to move up to number five, maybe even number four above Stephen Thompson after that win at the weekend against Michael Chiesa. So Vicente Luque has gone out there and submitted Michael Chiesa in the first round, which is not one that... I saw coming. I don't think many people did. Uh, you know, bowl accounts, Chiesa, it's kind of admitted he made a little bit of a mistake there. I think he feels a little bit embarrassed. And, you know, he's a grappler by by nature, by name. So, so fair play to him. I was a little bit, like I say, a little bit disappointed because I do, I saw something there in Chiesa. I thought, you know, he, he's he's kind of filled out into a proper UFC fighter now, hasn't he? Found his weight class, got on a nice little run. Good style as well, like a, a sort of a fan-friendly style for for me and you as well, I know. So a little bit of a shame, but the Sensei Luca, I don't think anyone can begrudge him this. So now we look at this. Were you going to go? No, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, just to sort of piggyback on your point about Chiesa, that, uh, how he ever made lightweight is oh, just mad. remarkable, isn't it? He, he's just a proper long and muscly lad. <laughs> and I don't, know, I don't know how he's cut another stone on top of that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. yeah, it's, it's remarkable. He looked really good in the fight, and he just made—he almost looked, had so much advantage on the ground. He was dominating Luke, and then it's almost like he's 
lacked a little bit of uh, respect to the ground game of Luke, who has got lots of chokes on his record. Mm. I'm also, I think the Woodley one, didn't he choke out Woodley? Uh, he did in the end, yeah. I believe he did, yeah. So I think he perhaps just sort of got a bit lost and uh, a bit lackadaisical. And then Luke was just on it. He was fantastic defence. Burnsy in his corner. I mean, you can't ask for a better man in your corner than Burnsy. He knows his way around a grappling uh, mat, yeah. doesn't he? So, and then, yeah, catastrophic error from Chiesa. And I think he will be back. He, he, I think he's a good addition to it. But unfortunately, he needed that win to have any sort of inroads in the next couple, like two years, say, for a title because there's so many big characters there. So, But Luca, on the other hand, he's almost becoming a bit undeniable, isn't he? I mean, he's only got... Who's above him that Usman hasn't already beat? Uh, I don't think there's... Air. Thompson is above him at the moment, but um, I think you'll find that he probably goes above him. Yeah, like, yeah. Or, so yeah, former teammates there, Usman, Luke called him out in the most polite way I've ever seen, I think. So yeah, could be one to make, but the division's just completely up in the air, Joseph. I don't know what to make. Obviously, we've got Usman, Usman versus Colby in uh, New York. UFC 268. Funny enough, actually, that Fight Island one. Do you know it's a week before that 268 event? They're a week apart. So I saw, big, big I couple saw, of weeks there. Yeah, I saw there was a they were doing a little little a little thing. Do you, do you know why they just? Well, they just well, run out of weekends. They run out of weekends. Yeah, there's <laughs> only 51 this, this year. 267 is not a pay per view, I don't think, in America. Right. So That's, they're giving Island. them a free one, aren't they? And it's the first time they're for, a, however many years yeah and i wonder sterling's a little bit pissed <laughs> off yeah but it's but it's a week after so the americans don't have to shell out once but that's a massive fight it could colby and us man whether colby deserves the rematch straight away joe do, do, do you think or does edwards deserve to get in there does a luke did wonder boy before burnsy deserves to get in there i mean what, what are your thoughts on this pretty messy division at the minute well you mentioned uh, uh, getting a rematch straight away and if Colby would have got the rematch straight away two years ago or whenever it was, I probably wouldn't have argued with it because uh, it was a close fight. It was a close fight. It kind of what was it? But probably probably a couple of rounds apiece. You, you could maybe go either way. And then that last one, the ref kind of just steps in. You know, I don't think it was absolutely necessary, but he probably, you know he would have lost that. That would have been three two. So if it, uh, if the rematch would have happened straight away, I, would, I think that would have made sense. I think. Um, now you're at a point where it kind of just looks like um, you almost ran out of other people. Usman has beaten everyone else so easily in the meantime that it's like, well, these two hate each other. There's going to be a lot of uh, talk and that going on. It was a good fight last time. Let's give him another go. Which, to be fair, all of those things are true. So I'm I'm looking forward to it because I would imagine it would be it would be a lot of fun, kind of uh, for the whole the whole package, really. In terms of, you know, the fight so we haven't seen Colby, have we? So, God knows, Caddy, has he improved to the level that Usman has improved? Because Usman looks much better now than he did then, and he won the first fight. So, you know, perhaps um, Luke might have to have a little go at Burnsy. Uh, if, if they want, if, if Burnsy, you know, if Burnsy wants to go, Luke might have to be the one that he's going to go through. He might have to take his sort of corner in to one side. And then, obviously, you've got Leon Edwards in there, who... You know, I'd be happy to see that as well. I think Leon should probably be going for the Luke fight rather than the Burns fight. Because I think, you know, I think it's difficult to throw Burns back into the mix at the moment, especially while Usman's still around. So, I was Leon Edwards, ranked number three. 
I'd probably, you know, maybe Luke's going to be ranked below you. I'd probably still just take that fight, though, and then let the champion number one uh, go at it. Otherwise, you've got to go up against uh, Gilbert Burns, which is is a tough one. Yeah, I think Bain has alluded, like, yeah, he needs another one. I think he said it yeah. at the weekend. Yeah. He needs another one. And I'm, I do not disagree at all. I'm, obviously, I say it pretty much all the time now. It's just, he does need one. He hasn't really beaten anyone. He hasn't really finished anyone. I love Leon Edwards. I want the Brits to do well. But he needs to get in there and just to fight one more time. And then he's undeniable then, isn't it? Yes, he lost to Usman about years ago. That was mm. time ago. And then, yeah, he, he needs to call. But they're both tough fights. Luke's were probably a bit more of a... Well, it definitely is a harder puncher than Gilbert Burns, but you don't want to muck around and get Burnsy on the on the ground. So it's going to be a tough fight, whoever you get. I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't know what they're going to do because either Luke or Burnsy, I don't think they're going to fight each other. So one of them is going to have to take a step back. And maybe Burnsy, depending on how tight they are, will be like, Luke, all right, I've had my chance. I'll do my own thing for one more fight and you get in there and I'll help you out sort of thing. But yeah, Edwards, I don't know what they're going to... He's got to have to... You have to fight someone, Joseph. Well, do you think do you think they will even push him down to Stephen Thompson? I mean, I say pushing down. Stephen Thompson is a world class fighter, and his last fight just didn't go his way. But you know, do you think do you, do you think they'll have to say you can't fight number four, even though you're above him, because we want Luke to go next? You can't fight Burnsy. I don't know. I suppose you could fight Burns because no, they'll say you can't fight Burns because we don't want to give Burns another title shot just yet. <laughs> So do you reckon they're going to push him down to Stephen Thompson? I think if they're going to push him down to someone, it'll be Masvidal. Because I think the risk-reward for uh, Wonderboy, who's just lost to Burnsy, it just... Uh, I can't think of the word, but it sort of just builds the argument for Burnsy. Again, have a title yeah. shot if Edwards beats the man that... If Edwards loses to the man that Burnsy just beat... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, with, I'm with you, I'm with you. So, yeah, I think they're more likely. I think the risk reward for Wonder Boy is just just not on really. I, th- I think they're going to have to do the Masvidal fight if he's going to do that. If he just had to fight anyone. I think a win over Masvidal, even though he's down at seven or whatever, and he's lost two on the bounce, still packs a lot of punch, like he did the Diaz fight. So I think if he's going to go anywhere, maybe go down the Masvidal route because that'll get more eyes on him as well. So, but yeah, just just shows you what an absolute mess. But yeah, no idea what's going on there, Joseph. Yeah, it's it's good. It's 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 funny, and it is. There's a lot of divisions kind of coming to uh, a little bit of a boiling point at the moment, which is uh, it's going to be good fun end to this year. And speaking speaking of UFC two six eight, Matthew, I know you uh, wanted to chuck this one in as well. Uh, Sean Strickland picked up a win a couple of weeks ago. Now been on a little bit of a run, hasn't he? Obviously, he likes to talk a lot. He's back in there, and he's got. Well, what do you make of it, Luke Rockhold? Yes, it's, it's good to see Rockhold back back down at one eighty five. It's going to be a tough one for him. I mean, these two are just... They know how to rub each other up the wrong way. They know how to rub up anyone the wrong way. They got that, <laughs> yeah. they got that smirky jock style about them, haven't they? Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's a great fight. Strickland's on quite a run. I didn't see the fight against Hall, Joseph. I hold my hands up. I hold my hands up. I was on holiday. I, I got spoiled by myself <laughs> on Instagram, this one. So I didn't bother, but it looked like a complete shutout for Strickland against a striker in your eye hall. So that's impressive in itself, and... But Rockhold, man, I don't know what sort of Rockhold's going to turn up. When, yeah. It hasn't won for a long, long time. I think it's a, a great opportunity for Strickland. But seeing as Strickland is ranked in the top 10 now, great opportunity for Rockhold. So it's a perfect matchup, um, really. Yeah, I mean, on that, what do you think it does do for either person? 
Sean Strickland beats Luke Rockhold. Uh, let's say, you know, a decision, but a good, a good, obvious free and O, free zip. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think that does for old Sean's? Is, is, you know, that's not, that's not going to put him in the top five, is it? Well, you go, you, you mentioned there about Usman, that there's just running out of men down at welterweight because he's beat them all. Same goes up at well, um, at middleweight with True. Adesanya. So he's put Costa, Whitaker, Gaslam, whoever else in there. Yeah. It's beat them all. So a win, even in the sort of lower tens, uh, middleweight, gets you a huge opportunity, bumps you up the list to, to Adesanya. So, yeah, I think it's a win, winner's either there or one more away from a title shot. I mean, with that in mind as well, so let's say Rockhold does come back. He's been training with Perillo. He's, he's patched it up with Bisping. He's getting some rounds in with Bisping as well. Uh, learning off the, the former champ. Rockhold comes out. Spinning wheel kicks him in the jaw first round. Are you excited about a title shot against Adesanya? Well, he, he will get a shot. If Rockhold wins, he gets the shot. That's absolutely no doubt about it. My eyes, he, he will. He's a huge star, former champion. And I would be excited about it. I'd want to see more than just 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see him go a little bit longer. But yeah. I think I'm excited by any sort of fresh challenge for Adesanya now. I mean, obviously, he's just dominated pretty much everyone since he's had the belt. Yeah, and yeah, I just want I just want anyone to to give him a bit of a test. Really, I think Whitaker is the man to do it if anyone is. But throw in Rock old man, I'll give me my uh, take my money. Not give me money. Take my money. <laughs> give me, give money. me money. And all. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that though, Joseph. Obviously, we'll come away from that card a little bit. But Till and Brunson, that's been that's been fully announced. We knew it was happening. Till and Brunson at middleweight. That's another one in this division. One win and you're you're right in there for a title shot. Maybe not so much Brunson as he got he got cleaned out by Adesanya before the belt, but Darren Till is always in the mixer, isn't he? Yeah, I, I saw this was confirmed for September. Did they have exact an exact date and location? They didn't. Well, it's funny to say it's September the fourth, so bloody soon, yes, really, under a month. It is the London card, but it says Las Vegas on there. So I'm thinking it's purely down to government restrictions. See what's happening here. Right, you right. go on the card, it's got everyone on there. Molly McCann and all, all the English are on there. So it's definitely a, the London card, TBC sort of thing. But it says Vegas at the minute, so we'll see what happens. Um, but it's not leaving it late there, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know when tickets are going on sale. If you you have to buy them for like Las Vegas and then. Uh turn up at the O2 <laughs> but yeah it's weird I, I was thinking it. I thought it was like, going to be in like November or something but yeah that's soon very very soon so I'm excited for that one Joseph like okay so Rockhold wins well, Chill wins who, get, who, who, who gets the shot do they fight each other they literally took the words right out of my mouth there to be honest perfect scenario for me Darren Till ease yourself back in after an injury just been fighting absolute monsters your whole career in the UFC like, not unnecessarily, but perhaps to to the detriment of your, your progress a, a little bit. Uh, so for me, what I would love to see is Rockhold get a win against Strickland, Till get a win against Brunson, and then do Till Rockhold like main probably a main event or a co-main on a pay-per-view. I think it's got all the the factors that you need there. Two contrasting characters. I would imagine Darren Till would wind Rockhold up something rotten. So it, it would just be something I'd love to see. Yeah, I don't think he'd be able to handle it. No. If he couldn't, if he couldn't handle Bisping, he's got no <laughs> chance in Steel, really, is he? But yeah, rock hard and Steel, give me your money. Yeah. 
Let's just scan it back, Joseph. Um, we sort of missed it, actually. We were talking about Fight Island, 267. Islam, he's got a fight. Big Islam. Yeah, against RDA, who's finally got a fight as well. I mean, uh, I, t- I doubt it was the one RDA was looking for, to be honest. It's good that the division's getting moving now. We're probably going to get a title shot soon, and the, the contender fight is potentially announced as well. So, yeah, like I say, probably not the one RDA was looking for, not the easiest, but if you can go out there and be the one to deal with Islam's grappling and stuff like that, because Islam's striking looked good, but, you know, RDA is a very competent striker as well. I don't think Islam would dominate him on the feet. I don't think Islam, you know, I think RDA's cardio has looked a lot better in, in recent times as well. Uh, so I guess, I guess as always in Islam's fights and his coach, you look back at Khabib in his fights, it comes down to will RDA be able to deal with a grappling? That that would be my assumption at the moment. And obviously, if you look at the track record of this kind of camp, this crew of fighters, the answer to that would be no. Yeah, it's such a massive fight really for the lightweight division. Because another one that's well up in the air. I think it's the perfect fight to make. You say about... RDA not winning the fight. I don't think he wanted the fight at all <laughs> until until Islam miraculously jumped six places in the rankings by beating someone behind him in the rankings. Number five now, Islam yeah. has beaten anyone in that top ten. <laughs> RDA down there at seven, so he's probably like, all right, sweet, I'll have this now. Well, they just make it up as they go along, Joe, don't they? Yeah, and I, perhaps with Islam you could say, all right, he hasn't beaten a ton of names, but he's. It seems like they've held him back a little bit. He hasn't fought that often he clearly just mops the floor with people yeah i mean i get it he, he might they might think he's the star in waiting the champion waiting or whatever you want to call it but you, you can't do any credibility you can't just yeah i know what you mean yeah back him up there yeah. or three spots and i think he went up six or it's hilarious uh, it actually. Uh, conor mcgregor's number nine is he really that's a bit of a fall from grace isn't it Clinging on at number 10. Clinging on. He is. But that fight itself, it's just... They are slowly getting it into some kind of normality. You've got Poirier versus Charles Oliveira. Another fight we're going to mention shortly, Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler, which has been made for New York, I think, as well. 268 on a Colby and Usman card. And then you've got Islam and RDA. And, but there's always seems to be one that gets left behind. You've got, the, you've got your Rob Fonts. Yeah. And now you've got your Benil Dariush, you're just sitting there, <laughs> sitting there pretty at number three with no one to play with. I mean, it's, it's sad, isn't it? But he who shouts loudest gets the big, the big fights, in it? And while Islam's been shouting loudly in the cage, I think Michael Chandler and Gaethje have been going at it over the mic and over the internet. And this is going to set up to be a massive fight. And this is probably your number one contender fight, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Dariush, maybe you can just hold on a little bit, get the winner of Islam RDA. No, it's a tough one. You, could, you know, I don't. I, I think it's difficult to say Darius deserves a title shot at the moment. So he probably, he, probably, he probably needs one more, and an Islam RDA fight. I think is probably either way that goes, quite a good star wise, and it would it would make sense in the rankings. So maybe Darius just got a. It's unfortunate because he is ranked there for a reason. He's de- he deserves it. But as you as you say, people like Chandler Gaethje. Poirier, Oliveira, RDA, Islam. You know, they've got a little bit more of a, of a prestige about them, I suppose. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you're right. He, 
all he's got to do is sit and wait. He could be a, a replacement. He can weigh in one day, weigh, weigh in for a fight, stuff like that. So, yeah, no harm, just holding back. But can you imagine Darius and Makachev? What a fight that would be on the ground. That's just... Yeah, yeah, brilliant. That's what dreams are made of, young <laughs> But it's all shaping up well. Back to the fight on Islam. I think he probably does get the job done just about. I don't think he's going to blow RDA out of the water. He's far too experienced, both standing, as you've mentioned, and, and on the ground as well. Gaethje and Chandler, that's a very interesting fight, isn't it? I, I, I'm leaning towards Gaethje. I just can't see. Chandler's chance is to knock him out. He's not going to out-wrestle him. And who knocks Gaethje out? So I think Gaethje, this is his chance to shine, get one more crack at the belt after this one. Yeah, very, very interesting matchup. Almost kind of carbon copies of each other in a lot of ways. I would guess Chandler's slightly bigger, kind of slightly, no, sorry, Gaethje, slightly bigger, slightly broader. That would be my guess, just from from I. And I mean, yeah, I think I'm interested to see Justin Gaethje. It's been a long old time since we saw Gaethje fight, and obviously the last time he did fight, you know, Khabib finished him in pity, like he choked him out instead of breaking his arm because he was up, he was worried that his parents were there, you know. So <laughs> so I I wonder what it does to the psyche to know that someone chose to like <laughs> like a mercy kind of killing on you just because they felt sorry for you like it's, it's a bit of an odd one especially considering their sort of persona that, that he carries but maybe that's looking into it too deeply i think i think all things considered all things equal gaichi and chandler if they turn up it's going to be a, a cracking fight and again with michael chandler you, you're just looking at the um sort of the longevity in terms of the fight itself finished hooker very early which isn't a bad thing and then against Oliveira that didn't, didn't didn't last too long really so I guess you I guess you're wondering you know, it's got to be either Chandler gets an early finish because can he stand up to three four five rounds against Justin Gaethje and Justin Gaethje does go three four five rounds yeah it's a good point Joe it's a good point we haven't seen too much of him in them later rounds of we saying and he's, he looked like he was trying to get it done early against Oliveira as well so mm. maybe that is something that he knows that he has that he's lacking the, the the longevity to fight in the third and the fourth and the fifth round, particularly someone as ferocious as Gaethje. And but Gaethje on the by the, the other side of the coin, he can he can go into them deep waters. So yeah, that's such a good fight, man. That's yeah, a great brilliant. fight. I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad the division's rolling again after the the McGregor debacle. I mean, I'm sure it'll rear its head again <laughs> in about a year. But let's enjoy it while we can. Yeah, well, let's say uh, McGregor comes back in a year, so next next August 2022. What sort of shape do you think the division's going to be in? Because I guess that Poirier fight is always going to be there for him, either way. And so we're probably going to have Poirier, um, Oliveira next. You've got Charla Gaethje for the number one. You've got Islam and Dariush hanging about. And RDA as well, hanging about in the background. So... You know, who's going to be champ? What are the fights we're going to see? Well, I think whatever happens between Poirier and Oliveira, I think I would not be surprised to see Oliveira win, but let's just go with it. Say, assume that the favourite gets the job done in Poirier and then he fights either whoever looks more impressive out of Gaethje Chandler and Makachev and RDA. It's whoever what UFC wants to push in it at the time. I think if RDA gets the win, I don't think he'll be getting the shot next, will he? But Islam, they've got a whole thing going on there with the Khabib thing. He's... Not unbeaten, but he's got a pretty impressive record. They could go with him next, but I personally think he'll probably need another one in Dariush first. 
So I think that Gaethje beats Chandler. I think Poirier beats Oliveira, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. But I think Gaethje's going to be the champion in a year's time. <laughs> cool. Good luck. Good luck that one, eh? After a year out. Yeah, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, w- I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I, I was I was so happy for Gaethje when he got, he got his shot against Khabib. It was just unfortunate that it was Khabib at the other, other side of the octagon. But uh, I would go slightly different. Maybe okay. I, I, just, I just like to be a contrarian at times. So I would, I would, I'm going to go with Oliveira to beat, to beat Poirier. Uh, I think, I think Poirier has been through a lot mentally, emotionally, physically over the last year or so. Oliveira just looks like a coiled spring at, at times. Uh, can take a dig, can submit you and all that. So I'm going to pick out Oliveira in that one. And then I would say Gaethje beats Chandler, so he gets through that. But then I'm going to say Islam dominates RDA, finishes him, blood everywhere, claret all over the place. So they get the grappler Islam against the grappler Oliveira for the title. And then obviously Charles is going to win that as well. Uh, and then, <laughs> I don't know, but that's I've got a feeling about Charles Oliveira. I reckon Islam would, I think if, they, if you could, if you could plan it, to give Islam the title shot, I think the Oliveira fight would be a good one because there would be that uh, contest, that grappling contest between the two of them. Potentially, if you're putting Islam in against a Poirier or a Gaethje, you know, does it does it look a little bit like Khabib-esque? Does it look a little bit too easy for the, for the lad if he's just taking people down? I mean, you know, you can't you can't really design things these ways unless you're in the WWE. But I reckon Islam. Oliveira would be the the one if you could. I mean, that's obviously the dream matchup, isn't it? There's, there's a couple of dream matchups in there, but if Oliveira's managed to get a win over Poirier there, defend his title, he's a superstar because Poirier's a superstar. So yeah. then if you've got Islam coming up with the, the Khabib story and he's, he steps out of Khabib's shadow almost and then yeah, champion yeah. in his own right, that is a, a mega fight. And it'd, it'd be great to see these two underappreciated fighters actually get the spotlight in a... a name dominant division yeah, yeah um so that'd be great to see but i'm i'm inclined to hold my horses a little bit on islam <laughs> at the minute he's not being anyone in the top 10 i think the acid test is rda he's good at everything former champion experienced a little bit past his sell by date without being out of order yeah, like, yeah. it's just a little bit older a bit just a little bit just, yeah just a little bit yeah, it's just a couple of days past the sell-by date. Yeah, on, you give it a little sniffs, and it's like, ooh, yeah, I'm give, not sure about that. Give your milk a sniff, <laughs> and uh, that's that's what RDA is. He's <laughs> slightly off milk. And if you can beat, if you get past slightly off milk, mate, you're, you're there. You're yeah. there, <laughs> But, yeah, so, so many questions in all the divisions. It's it's all exciting. We seem to be on the other side of the turnover of the new and the old, and we're getting some of these... Yeah, established stars sort of going out the door, and the new ones coming back, coming through. So it's it's all very exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right then. I think some good topics there. Like I say, a nice a nice fortnightly look at all the news gives a little different flavour, doesn't it? So I think we can wrap it up there. Let's wrap it up, some. All right then. Wrap it up. We have been Mustard MMA. Thank you very much for listening. Please do check out the socials, Mustard MMA, Instagram and Twitter, mustardmma.com. Leave a like and subscribe and a comment if you if you would like to. That, that would be very helpful. Otherwise, have a good one. We'll catch you next time. See you later.